open your Bibles to the book of Titus, the letter of Paul to Titus, chapter 2. Titus, chapter 2. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we will consider verse, verses 2 and 6. Two verses, verse 2 and verse 6. This is the authoritative word of God. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Born servants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, but showing all good faith, so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Saviour. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives. In the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. That is God's word. We're going to pray and then... We'll look at those two verses there, verse 2 and verse 6. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have an opportunity to sit down under the counsel of your word. We thank you that we have the privilege of hearing your word more than once every Lord's Day. And now we pray that you may deal bountifully with, with us, that we may live and keep your word pray that you may open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. We are sojourners on this earth. Grant that you would not hide your commandments from us. May it be that our souls are consumed with longing for your rules at all times. May we not wander from your commandments so that we be like those who are rebuked and those who are accursed ones. We pray that you may take away from us scorn and contempt because we will be keeping, we will be found keeping your testimonies. We pray that you may help us to meditate upon your statutes. We ask that your testimonies may be our delight, that they would be our counselors. May it be that this afternoon, as we hear the exposition of your word, much glory would come to you much help would come to us from your throne by your spirit these things we pray in jesus name 
Amen. Have you ever heard people saying, people in the church saying that um, this, these people are old. Let us concentrate with the young people. Hmm? The young people are the next generation in the church. They are the ones we ought to be bringing up and training. It's unfortunate how, how much emphasis today's churches want to put on the youth ministry, they call it. The young people's ministries. And indeed we have youth pastors. Yeah? We are people that their sole ministry is to do what? To minister to young people. Now, notice in the passage that we will be considering this afternoon, the emphasis that the apostle places on the older men and the older women. And it is from them that the younger men and the younger women would learn how to be faithful Christians. The church in the 21st century is lacking in men, is lacking men. Unfortunately, the church today is thought of as being of women and children. In fact, uh, the statistics show that over half of today's church is comprised of women and children. Men are nowhere to be seen. Now the matter that we would be considering this afternoon is of utmost importance. This matter is absolutely important because it deals with the issue of men in the church. So, so, so I'd like to bring before you a sermon about men. Now, the apostle, having spoken to Titus directly and having directed him on how to appoint elders and how to deal with the false teachers, he goes on to begin his exhortations to the five groups that I mentioned last, last Sunday. The older men, the older women, the younger women, the younger men, and the slaves. And he's going to show, really, that the church needs biblical, godly men, and the church needs biblical godly women he begins with the men and the reason for this is that no one in the church is more influential than the men indeed no one in the society is more influential than men especially the older men now men are not more important in the church but no one is going to have more influence in, in the church than men. And so the apostle rightly begins with the men, and particularly the older men. Now, I have chosen to combine the older men with the younger men because the influence of the younger men ought to be the older men. And all that the younger men would be expected to be as they advance in years is given for them there as the older men are being addressed. So I've chosen to combine both the, the exhortations for the older men and the exhortations for the younger men. So then this afternoon I have titled my sermon, The Church Needs Biblical 
godly men the church needs biblical godly men i am hoping that next sunday lord willing we will consider that the church needs biblical godly women so under this title the church needs biblical godly men i like to bring two points to you number 1 the exhortations for older men from verse 2 and number 2 the exhortations for younger men from verse 6 exhortations for older men and exhortations for younger men and let's begin with the exhortations for the older men look with me there at verse 2 older men are to be sober minded dignified self controlled sound in faith in love and in steadfastness the apostle is here now speaking in a way that we have already considered in other portions of scripture so when he says um older men are to be sober minded the older men there applies to the activity of being dignified and self controlled and sound in faith in love and in steadfastness so that it is the older men who are to be sober minded it's the older men who are to be dignified it's the older men who are to be self controlled and they ought to be sound in faith and it's not only that they ought to be sound in faith they ought to be sound in faith sound in love and sound in steadfastness you have seen that as we were going through uh, the book of ephesians and so he is now speaking to the older men he begins with them and he says to them older men be sober minded older men be dignified be self controlled older men be sound in faith be sound in love be sound in steadfastness this is what the apostle is telling them now before we consider these exhortations one after another i like for you to notice that the older men are required to have the same moral characteristics as the elders and the deacons one of the reasons we believe that the moral characteristics of the elders should be the aim of all men in the church is not only because they are good and should be desired by all men but also more specifically because of this passage right here so notice with me for a few minutes the similarities between the moral characteristics of elders the the pastors and deacons and this now that are given for the older men and younger men number 1 titus 22 says older men are to be sober minded in first timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 we are told that therefore an overseer must be sober minded number 2 in titus 22 we are told uh, all the men are to be dignified in first timothy chapter 3 verse 8 for the deacons we are told deacons likewise must be dignified number 3 in titus 22 we are told all the men are to be self controlled In 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2 we are told therefore an overseer must be self-controlled among the things that are mentioned there for them In Titus back in Titus chapter 1 verse 7 and 8 we are told for an overseer as God's steward must be self-controlled It's right there if you look for it you'll see it Number 4 in Titus 2:2 we are told that all the men are to be sound in faith. 
in first timothy chapter 3 and verse 9 for the deacons we are told they must hold fast they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and in titus chapter 1 verse 13 which we've already considered we are told this testimony is true therefore rebuke them sharply hmm? so that the false teachers are to be rebuked sharply that what may happen that they may be sound in faith so you see there um it's not only the the deacons that holds the mystery of the faith it's also that that the false teachers are told uh, to, the 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 the, the Uh, uh, Titus, the true child of Paul, is told to uh, rebuke sharply the false teachers that they may be sound in the faith. And then we are told there in Titus two two again number five that older men are to be are to be what are to be sound in love. And in Second Timothy chapter one verse thirteen. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13 we are told the man of God Timothy is told to follow the pattern of the sound words that he has heard from the apostle in the faith and in love that are in Christ Jesus. And then lastly number 6 the older men are are told to be sound in steadfastness. They are to be sound in steadfastness. And in First Timothy, chapter six, First Timothy chapter six and verse eleven, the apostle Paul says to Timothy, "But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness." And you hear those things that the older men are told there, and the point is made. point is made there my brethren that the men in the church are called to the same standard as the pastors in the church they are called to the same standards as the deacons in the church so you men you're not only called to uh uh you know it's, it's, it's not that you're called to other another standard that the elders are not given no you're called to a standard that the elders are given It's not only that you should seek to look like the elders because their their qualifications are good and are to be desired by Christian people but it's also that the exhortations given for older men resemble the ones given for the elders and the deacons. Now um this must sink well in us believers. It, it 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 must sink well in our hearts and especially in the minds of men if you're going to have a healthy church we must not only be looking at the elders and the deacons and saying those are their standards we must be able to see that really god calls the men to these similar standards that more or less we are told to be like this as the men now I'd like you to notice also that there are sets of six things that are given to us there we are told all the men are to be sober minded dignified self controlled and then they are to be sound in faith sound in love and sound in steadfastness six things and if we divide 
these things into two, we get three at the beginning. Um, Sober-mindedness, dignified, self-controlled, and three at the end. Sound in faith, love, and steadfastness. Notice that the beginning set of, you know, the beginning set of the three, the, um, the sober-mindedness, uh, dignified, and self-controlled are strengthened by the last three. Faith, love, and steadfastness. So that the implication is that the man who is sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness will be sober-minded, dignified, and self-controlled. The soundness that they, they have in, in the faith, in the love, and in the steadfastness that, that is here required produces a particular sober-mindedness, um, a particular dignity, and a particular self-control. Now, let's, let's look at the meaning of this one after another. The Bible says there that the older men are to be sober-minded. The idea here is one of temperateness. Hmm? Temperance. There should be a moderateness and the older man is not to be given to fanciful and wild ideas which are not sober. Last time we were told they are sober-minded. The older man is to be. There is also here a particular reference to wine. Older men are not to be given to the excess of any kind, especially the excess of wine. This is because wine does take away sobriety. Drunkenness takes away sobriety. And it is common among the old to drink excessively. And thus then he tells them to, to be temperate, which does, uh, which does lead to the sober-mindedness. That shows that an old man is reliable, an old man is godly, an old man is biblical even. The older men are to be able to look at things soberly for the good of others in the church. In the church. When the apostle is giving these exhortations, is for the good of others in the church. So the older men are to look like this not only for themselves, but for the good of others. And when they are sober-minded, then they can be emulated. When they are uh, uh, self-controlled as we're going to see later on they can be emulated when they are dignified they can be emulated they can have the influence indeed the positive influence that is um, that, that, that comes with the sober-mindedness the dignity and the self-control number two we are told there that the older men are to be dignified and these older men are to possess that dignity which is worthy of respect. That's what it means to be dignified. They must be serious. The men in the church, especially the older men, must be serious men. And the idea here is that which for the elder is called respectable. And so the Bible says that the elder ought to be res respectable. The older men are to be honorable. When, when his morals are regulated, then there will be a particular seriousness flowing from him, which shows that his, his gray hair is not useless. He should be dignified. The Bible says there, he ought to be grave. He ought to be serious, behaving in a way that is worthy of respect. You know, what do the other members of the church say when uh, they see the older man? What do, what, what do they say of his conduct? He should be dignified. He should be serious. Now, I have nothing against 
the so-called dad jokes. But if the older man is never going to be serious, eh? if he cannot be serious even a bit, eh? claiming that he has dad jokes, and there's a big problem there for him and for the church as well. Because again, the church looks at him, the older man. He sets the example. Now, you may be seated there thinking that, but you don't have older men in, in our church. And my, my question for you is, are you going to be young forever? Are you? No, you're not. You will be old one day. And because of this then, these are things that you ought to hear. Number three, we are told the older men are to be self-controlled. They are to be sensible. They are to be mature in judgment and able to restrain themselves. And this ought to be so good that the young men would have a good example from them. Self-restraint grants sober-mindedness because they ought to be sober-minded. And this is of the Holy Spirit, right? You know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. Uh, faithfulness and then self-control the wise man in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28 tells us that a man without self-control is like what? is like a city broken into and left without walls and therefore the apostle Paul says that the older men are to be self-controlled they are to have that self-restraint they are, to, they, are, they are to have self-control from having been young men who keep themselves pure by hiding their word, the word of God in their hearts. They are to gain self-control from their walk of faith with God. And before we are told there that the older men are to be sound in faith. And the apostle says that older men are to be sound. He is aiming at ensuring that soundness would be permeating in the life of the church through the old men. So when he says they ought to be sound, sound in anything really, is that he wants this soundness to, 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 to get to the members of the church. They ought to be healthy and they will thus grant this health to others under their influence. So that we ought to be looking at the older men in, in our midst and learning what it means to be sound, what it means to be godly. And thus then he says that the older men are to be sound in faith. They are to be healthy. That one word sound there means healthy. Healthy in their faith, their belief system. Their faith must be in accordance with the truth. They must not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They ought to be sound. Their faith must not be shaky. It must not be erroneous. It must be in accordance with the truth. Their faith must not be rotten. Indeed, the word health, healthy, grants that nothing really is rotten in there. It must be healthy. They must be known to be men of God. Nothing can be trusted. Even with the next generation, they can be trusted. Soundness in faith indeed speaks to the older man's relationship to his God. He walks with the Lord. The older men, number four, uh, number five, they're, they're, they are called to be sound in love. Older men are to be sound in love. They are to be healthy in love as well. 
that to be healthy in what they believe, their belief system, the way they see the scriptures, to be walking in the truth, they're to be healthy in love. They're not to be cold in their love for the saints. And you know this, when men get old, they can tend to be cold in their love. They can tend to do what? To seclude themselves and be in their own corner. In everything they do, they can tend to be cold, really. They're told there to be sound, to be healthy, to be mature even in their love. These men would probably have wives. Hmm? They are to love them as Christ loves the church. They, they have their fellow church members. They are to love them with the love of God. They are to model for them what it means to be sound in love. To love God and to love His people. Soundness in love indeed speaks to the older man's relationship. Not only to his God, but to the people of God. And then lastly, number six there, the older men are to be sound in steadfastness. That's what the apostle tells them. They are to be sound in steadfastness. Now, assuming they have, they, they, they have been in the faith for quite a while, the apostle exhorts them not to be faint-hearted, but rather to be steadfast, to exhibit endurance. When trials come, the older men ought to model the best example of steadfastness in the faith remaining in the faith we ought to be looking at the older men and being encouraged to live for Christ to persevere in the faith and so they are to have a healthy endurance in the things of God it is this steadfastness that will be required of a sound faith and a sound love if, if this man is sound in faith if he is sound in love then he sound in steadfastness you know, rather than being grumpy old men Hmm? The apostle says that they are to be godly old men, sound in steadfastness. Soundness in steadfastness indeed speaks to the endurance and perseverance that the older men have with God and with his people. They endure in the faith. They keep the faith. They can indeed say like the apostle Paul, follow me. I have kept the faith. I have run the race. This is what the older men are called to. Um, now let me, ask, let me ask a question there. How do we know that a Christian is growing in his or her Christian life? How do we know that a Christian is growing in his or her Christian life? The answer that I have given here is when we see them growing in the love of God and in His Word and when we see them growing in their love for God's people. When we see them growing in their love for God and His Word and when we see them growing in their love for God's people. This is what the older man really is called to. To be sound in faith. That relationship that he has, vertical relationship that he has with his God to be sound in love, that relationship that he has with the people of God, and to be sound in steadfastness, enduring the trials that God brings to him together with the people of God. Now, one could say that the apostle requires that the men in the church be whole, that they ought to be whole men. And their being whole would be a godly example 
to others in the church, especially the young men. Now, I personally think that the apostle does not quite tell the older men to teach the younger men anything, you know, as opposed to how he tells the older men to teach the younger women. Because the older men would, as it were, be required to be biblical, godly, uh, and in their uh, being biblical, in their godliness, they, 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 they portray an example for the whole church. The whole church will be looking at them. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 71, 17 to 18. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. These are the kind of older men that we want in the church, that the apostle is uh, calling for in the church. When he says older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and steadfastness. It's these men who have been taught from their youth and they continue to proclaim the wondrous deeds of God. This man whose gray hair is worth something. This man who, who desire to proclaim God's wondrous works to the generation that is coming. I tell you, if an old man comes to this church, a biblical, godly old man, we ought to stay close to him. Indeed, we ought to stay close to them. Because this is how they would be looking like. And this is what then the next generation should look like. The next generation of younger men and younger women looking at this old man and seeing what it means to be biblical and godly, sound in faith, sound in love, sound in steadfastness. The psalmist also says in Psalm 92, 12 to 15, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The old man remains righteous, remains in the Lord. And he is like that palm tree growing like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord for the good of the people of the Lord. And, and, and they flourish in the courts of God. The old man is not, it's not the kind of old man that we say today, we did those things, now it is your time. No, this is not that kind of an old man. This is one who flourishes, the Bible says, in the courts of our God. He is like that palm tree that continues. And the Bible says they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. They want to serve God in their 80s the way they served Him in their 40s. That's the kind of old men that are being called here. Now, 
Young man, is this the kind of old man that you want to be? Is this the kind of old people that we desire to be as, as the people of God? This is what we should be desiring to be. These are the kind of older men that we, we want. Indeed, these are the kind of older men that the church needs. I am persuaded that the church is the way it is because there are no older men like this. If there were older men who look like this in today's church, enough men who look like this in today's church, the church would be different. We would have soundness in the church. Men who have been taught of God from their youth. Men who are desiring to have meaningful gray hair, if you will. Who want to proclaim God to the next generation. Who bear fruit even in their old age. Number two, and lastly, we have the exhortations for younger men. Look at verse 6. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. I'd like you to, to see the way the apostle uses the word likewise. And verse 3 says, Older women, likewise. And then when he speaks, when he speaks, when he speaks of uh, the qualifications of the deacons in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8, he says, Deacons, likewise. So it's as though he's saying, continue like this. This, this is how you ought to be looking like. So he's saying, even for you, young men, with the same power, with the same intensity, likewise. Then he says, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Now, I'd like you to notice that it's not only that the apostle begins with the older men, it's also that the exhortations for men and women are ended by men as well. So, so these exhortations that include men and women begin with the men, the older men, and they end with the, the younger men. And so it is as though the, the men are the parentheses, protecting the women. Now we know that this matter of um, self-control that the Apostle says there, talks about there, is absolutely important because it is mentioned a couple of times in this passage. It's mentioned for the older men. Older men are to be self-controlled. The younger women. Hmm? Verse 4. And so train the younger women, the young women, to love their husbands and children. And to be what? Verse 5. To be self-controlled. And so it's, 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 it's absolutely important because it's mentioned not once, not twice, but thrice in this passage. Now again, the wise man in Proverbs 25-28 tells us that a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. The younger men are all the more being called to be self-controlled. And so the apostle says, um, likewise, urge the younger men, plead with them, exhort them, encourage them. Call them to self-control. Urge them. Be self-controlled in your eating habits, young men. Be self-controlled in your fleshly desires. Be self-controlled in your anger. Be self-controlled in your time management. Do not be lazy gluttons. It's very interesting that the apostle says that these uh, these Cretans are 
always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. They don't have self-control. Young men are called to be self-controlled. Be self-controlled. Be controlled by God. Be depending on the Spirit of God to be self-controlled. Again, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control. Now listen to these passages. You know this. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 5. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Self-control. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? And the young men ought to sing this like a choir by guarding it according to your word. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your, of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near which, which, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. <coughs> Self-control. Control yourself in such a manner that when the old days come, you will be able to glorify God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Now this is what Paul is telling Timothy. It's what he, he, he is going to tell Titus. Um, then verse 7. To set an example for the believers. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. So flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the, on the Lord from a pure heart. This cannot happen without self-control, self-management, self-restraint. Young men are called to be self-controlled, to be controlled by the Spirit of God, to, be, to stay away from all sorts of excesses, not managing themselves. If these are the men that we will have in the church, the church will thrive. Indeed, it's not only that our, uh, 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 our society needs men, it is that these men are to be found in the church. They are to come from the church. The older men are to be the example for the church and especially for the younger men. The younger men are to look at the older men and see, this is, this is what I would like to be. And so when Paul writes to, to Titus, he calls him my true child in a common faith. It's as though Titus would be looking at Paul and saying, that is it. That's what it means to be godly. That's what I want to be. That's the kind of man that glorifies God. That's the biblical godly man. That's what I want to be. One of the things that um, we thought was the providence of God as we were beginning uh, this church is that uh, we had what? We had men. Indeed, we had more men than women. Now, now it's not about... Uh, how many men we have or how many women we have. But really, we, we, we want a church that has men as opposed to today's notion that people have that 
churches for women, churches for children. I'm going to take my children there, leave them, and then pick them up in the evening. The church needs men, biblical, godly men. And this is how they look. They are sober-minded, they are dignified, they are self-controlled, they are sound in faith, they are, they are sound in love, they are sound in steadfastness. They persevere in the faith, they love the people of God, they maintain the true doctrine of God. And this produces soberness. This produces dignity, respect, honor. This produces self-control. Now let me finish by saying that um, um, these things that we will be considering are only possible, they are only meaningful through the gospel of Jesus Christ. No amount of sobriety, no amount of dignity, self-control uh, is going to do for people who are not doing it from the motivation that comes from the gospel. In other words, it's because this is the church that the exhortations are given. It's because these are the people of God who have been redeemed by the blood of God that the exhortations are given. Otherwise, would they be of any uh, benefit? No, no. And we're going to see later on that uh, it's because the grace of God has appeared to us, yeah, to all people, and all, all people there are given us here. Men, women, uh, 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 young, young men, young women, old men, old, old women, the born servants, these are the old people. It's because the grace of God has appeared to them. And then they, 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 are, they renounce ungodliness. They renounce worldly passions. They live self-controlled lives. Upright lives. Godly lives. It's because they have been saved. And thus then, we, we can't do this if our trust is not in Jesus Christ. No one really can be an older man who is sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love and steadfastness properly the way they ought if their faith is not looking up to Jesus Christ. They're not trusting upon the Lord for their salvation, our God and Savior. If the grace of God has not appeared to them, they can't do this. Thus then we praise the Lord who saved us. And thus then we know that these exhortations are for us now because we are saved. They are ours to take, to do, to live. It's for us now to say, you are old. Why are you not adhering to this standard? You're a young man. Why are you not following Christ as you ought? Next week, Lord willing, you will see that the church also needs biblical, godly women. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, that we have the privilege of looking at how your church ought to look like. We pray that you may read us of the mindset that thinks that we can do away with old people and concentrate and focus on young people. Pray, Lord, that 
You may help us to see that the church is in need of biblical, godly men. Men who look like this. Men who can portray godly example to others. And men who can protect the women. We pray, Lord, that you may grant our church biblical, godly men. Men who pay careful attention to your law in their youth. And who desire to bear much fruit even in their old age. To the praise and glory of your name. Men who can be godly examples for um, the whole church, the children, the women, the, 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 the young, the, vi the visitors. We pray Lord that you may keep our local congregation from being devoid of men. We pray that we may have as many men as you please. We ask that the gospel that we proclaim may get to the men, that the church may be filled with biblical, godly men. We are particularly um, missing the privilege of having grey hair in our midst. May it please you, Lord, to bring old men and old women to us. If that's, if, if that's not the case, then we pray that you may keep the ones that are here to their old age, that they may be of benefit to the next generation, to the praise and glory of your name. Please bless us with these things. Answer us according to your will. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.